0: I'm going to do a part two, and if you couldn't be with us last night, I just want to encourage you to go on the Heart of the Father Ministry Facebook page. The message is up there uh, for you that you could re listen to. But as I was praying about our time this weekend, blow the trumpet, the Lord uh, very clearly to me uh, just reminded me of the passage, 1 Corinthians 14. That says that if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? And I felt like the Lord really wanted to sound a very clear trumpet call so that we might get ready for battle. And so the Lord told me, uh, and I shared last night, about the power of correction. And we talked about how we love correction. Who loves correction? Not really, I think we just repented last night for not loving correction. But you know, before we can go to battle, we have to go to boot camp. The army doesn't just send out soldiers and drop them into a battlefield. There's a training, there's an adjustment, there's a correction that comes. And so, last night we really went after the power of correction And tonight, now that we're more ready for battle, I want to talk about the need for clarity. I want to talk about the need for discernment. How many of you know that we desperately need discernment in America? We desperately need a people that are walking in a sons of Issachar anointing. Have you heard that? Book of Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 32. And if you remember, it says that the sons of Issachar were those who were anointed. They understood the signs of the times and they knew what to post on Facebook. (laughs) Have you heard that? There were men and women... Anointed, they understood the signs of the times and they knew how to bash the church. Oh. The sons of Issachar who walked in clarity, they walked in understanding, they knew what to do. In other words, if we're going to walk in discernment if we're going to carry true clarity concerning what God wants to do in this nation, we have to be more anointed than keyboard work. When it comes upon us, it's going to fire us out of our sofa. We're actually going to have to get activated. We're going to have to get mobilized. We're going to have to engage We're going to have to stop being spectators, a love for entertainment. We're actually going to have to do something with the so-called discernment that we carry. Jeremiah in chapter 23 when he confronts the false prophets and he talks about how messengers had ran that God never sent how messengers were talking that God never spoke to, he just kind of gives this rhetorical question, who has stood in the council of Fox News? Who has heeded the words of the Republican Party? Oh. No, he says, who has stood in the council of the Lord? In other words, if we're going to be anointed with true discernment in this hour, your favorite political party won't do. It's quiet in here. Hear lots of folks saying that they're anointed with the word of the Lord. They just know what God is saying. Well, can I just tell you there's no way that you know what God is saying if you're spending more time on media than in God's counsel. I don't know what happened during the COVID-19 pandemic. When we became so addicted to the media. When it was actually a divine opportunity to meet with God in his word. All true and powerful And anointed discernment comes right here. How we doing? It doesn't come through prophets. It doesn't come through puppets. It doesn't come through politicians. It comes standing in the counsel of the Lord. So we're going to ask the Spirit of God to become manifest in this place tonight. We're going to ask Him to catch us up. In his counsel, we're going to ask him for grace to hit delete on our opinions, our pain. How we doing? Welcome to Lakeland, Florida, Saturday night. All right, let's just lift up our hands to the Lord. God, we need your counsel in this nation. God, we need your insight, we need your revelation, we need your wisdom. God, in a culture that has literally become overwhelmed by the opinions of people, God, we ask, let your word break forth in power tonight. God, I ask that you would raise up messengers, end time watchmen, that would cut through the confusion, that would cut through the haze. God, I ask that You would sharpen Your messengers tonight. Lord, I ask that Your Word would fall like a hammer. Lord, let Your Word fall like a fire. God, I ask that You would come and kindle the flames of a great awakening in America. Lord, we thank You that this nation is ripe Lord, we thank you that right here, right now, we've never needed a move of God in this nation more than now. Lord, we pledge allegiance to Jesus Christ. We do not pledge allegiance to Biden or Trump, Democratic, Republican. We pledge allegiance to Christ and Christ alone. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have in your Bibles, would you turn to second opinions? Just kidding. 1 Corinthians 2. How many of you love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. It's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two double edged sword, it's powerful, it's relevant. We don't need new methods. We don't need new programs. We need the Word of God. I wanted to read to you as we begin our time tonight a prophetic word that I released in January concerning a prophetic word for 2020. And the prophetic word was called the mystery ...of the wheat and the tares. If you'll remember last night, we read from Matthew 13. And God said to me, and was published in January of this year... ...God said the body is entering into an era... ...where the ability to discern the difference between the true and the false... ...will become increasingly difficult... The next decade will be marked by harvest. Yet my people must understand that with harvesting comes an exposing of deception, the tares, and a love for truth like never before, the wheat. At times that which is manufactured and counterfeit will be passed off as genuine and trustworthy, just as that which is anointed and appointed by God will seek to be passed off as null and void. There is a satanic assault being loosed in the body to confuse and bring great disillusionment to the saints concerning those leaders in whom they can trust And whom they cannot. A bearing of false witness against the brethren shall rise. Remember, I hate a false witness and that speaks lies. And the one who sows discord among the brethren. Proverbs 6. You must take great pains in 2020 to become lovers of the truth. Buy it and do not sell it. Proverbs twenty three twenty three. Those who love truth in the last days will be the most hated. For lies and falsehoods will abound. Be very careful in your discerning that you do not become hasty in your judgments. Nor should you judge by outward appearance. For the Lord looks at the heart. Even now there are individuals that you should be in relationship with that you are not because you have been given a false witness report about them. Just as there are people you are connected with right now that must be cut off if you are to love the truth more than personal preference. Because of the intensity of the harvesting that will come, I'm calling my people to my throne room. Only I know the motivations and tensions and thoughts of the human heart. Without spending time in my word, you will never be able to discern the true and the false, the wheat from the tares. How many of you look out at social media today and recognize the chaos and the confusion. How many of you see a particular individual shot in the news such as Breonna Taylor? And you're going to see 68 million articles released about why or why not her death is justified. You're going to see 28.9 billion opinions and articles regarding every single subject known to man. Have you got on Facebook today? There's such a confusion, a dilution, a swirl. How in the world are you and I supposed to be able to discern what's true or not? And what exactly is determining my level of discernment? Is it feelings? Are feelings an indicator of truth? Is the media in today's culture seeking to speak to your feelings? Are your feelings, are your pain, is your pain, is your experience, is all of the feelings of the culture, is that what's being preyed on to get you to do something? Just feel it. So if I feel pain, or if I feel sorry, I'm just going to support Black Lives Matters. Folks, you better put your seatbelt on. I fear God more than I fear man, so I'm going to say some hard things tonight. Is it okay? to feel the intensity of the pain of the African-American race, but reject a Marxist organization called Black Lives Matter? Are we able to discern the difference between the valuable pain of a race versus an organization that's seeking to prey on their pain? Can we discern the difference? Can we believe in life? Can we believe in traditional marriage? Can we believe in these kinds of things and not worship Donald Trump? Because Trump worship is just as displeasing to the Lord as the shedding of innocent blood. But just what I just said has already made many of you mad. Brother! I don't worship Donald Trump. I just believe in life. Are we able to accurately discern and if we're not discerning from here we're in deep trouble do we believe in the authority of God's word I can't hear you because if we can't agree upon this we'll never get anywhere we're seeking to rally a remnant Around the word of God, not what makes me feel. If I let my feelings and my experience dictate my Christianity, I'm going to veer off from the very place that God is calling me to establish my life upon his word. I want to sound the alarm in this nation. I want to tell you that the wheat and the tares are being harvested in this nation. There is an all-out fight for truth. And when you learn to love the truth above your feelings, get ready for some kickback. But shall we follow man or shall we follow God? How are we doing tonight? You got your tomatoes ready? All right, if you're taking notes, you got your iPhone. Let's talk about discernment for a minute from a biblical perspective. What does it mean to discern? You read something in the news. You're told something by a family member, and you're tasked with trying to discern What's true and what's false? What's a lie? What's counterfeit? What actually is from the Spirit of God? Anacrino. We're going to read it here in 1 Corinthians 2. It means to separate or distinguish by examining, by scrutinizing, by questioning. In other words... The Bible says a fool hears one side of the story and makes a judgment call. The fool reads one article on social media and makes a judgment call. No, actually, if we're going to learn how to discern before we act, we're going to have to take some time to examine, some time to scrutinize, the time to develop a whole narrative before we buy into it makes me feel so I act. I just wonder how many people are acting out in America and they are completely misinformed. I wonder how many passionate, zealous, I mean, there are, they, they, there, there's a cause. But when presented with, yeah, but wait a minute, these are the facts, but folks, what if we're living in a culture where increasingly... Facts don't matter anymore. What if there's a slow drift from the truth of God's word? And if a remnant doesn't rise like Josiah and restore the word of God in their generation, we will never have revival. See, folks, the fight in America is concerning the Word of God. We want to make it about every other issue. We want to make it about political parties rather than just simply voting biblical principles. We want to pull on our experience and what they did to us and how it was growing up Without actually saying, God, I need discernment that's based on your word. Again, to distinguish by examining, by scrutinizing, to question. The Cambridge Dictionary defines discernment as to discriminate. To make a distinction. In other words, discerning people cannot be fence riders. Discerning people can't go neutral. They can't avoid conflict. They have to speak up concerning truth and brave the fear of being rejected. No, I hear your pain, I understand your pain, but here's what the Bible says. And if we're going to see a culture turn to the Lord, my life has to be governed by the Word, not what I'm feeling in the moment. How we doing? First 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to begin reading in verse 12. Now we have received. Can you say we? How many of you are Christians in here? How many of you are born again? There's a difference. We have been born again. We have been given a new nature. The old man has passed. The new man has come. The power of the sin nature has been broken off of your life. What you once craved, you don't crave any longer. And if you still weren't interested, God threw in the Holy Spirit to make a deal. At conversion, the power of the sin nature was broken off of your life. You have been given a new nature and you have been given the Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth. That's what it means to be born again. So in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, Now we, born again, have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. In other words, do you recognize that those friends, those family members, those media outlets, they do not have the Spirit of God? You and them don't have the same Spirit. In other words, there are spirits. ...that are running around in America and they're going to do what they're going to do because that's all that they know. Stop getting mad at sinners for sinning. That's all they know. They have a sin nature and they're feeding that itch. But what about the born again believers... Why aren't we feeding that itch? If we once radically sinned because we were plugged into a sin nature if I've been born again and I've been given a new nature what's stopping me from getting radically plugged into a new nature a divine nature where I can extravagantly and with joy serve the Lord One of the problems in the church is many of us, we served the devil in our past way better than we've ever served God now. We clubbed and we went out drinking publicly, but now we've got to serve God privately. Can I just give you permission as someone born again who does not have the spirit of the world to stop wasting your time trying to fit in because you were born to stand out. You were born to give a different narrative than what the world is giving out. You should have a different opinion than the opinion of the world. So when COVID-19 hits America and I do not have the spirit of the world, I'm not going to operate in fear because God has not given me a born-again believer, a spirit of fear. I have love power in a sound mind. The response of the church should have never been the same as the world. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, wake up. Folks, we're going to get it. I'm telling you there's a glorious, spotless bride that's going to emerge in America. But we have got to get delivered from wanting to be in bed with the world. For wanting to look like them and talk like them. Again we're not Babylon. We're the bride. We come out from among the world. And we're not ashamed about it. We love Jesus. I'm in love with the man. He's turned my world upside down. I'm not bowing down to the God of this age. I serve a God who answers by fire, who walks with me through. I wish I didn't have to preach tonight. Come on, saints, let's stand up for a minute. I want you to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's exalt him in this place. Come on, don't do it for me. I want you to do it for him. He's worthy. Get delivered tonight. Come on, shake those haters off. Shake that fear off. You're a new creation. All right, sit down, sit down. I don't have the spirit of the world. A.W. Tozer puts it like this. The once born will never understand the twice born. The once born, those who have been born from their mother's womb, will never understand the twice born. Those who have been born of a woman and those who have been born by the Spirit. We should be familiar with the world where there's a narrative that comes from the world and the demonic realm. And then there's a narrative that's being birthed by the people of the spirit. So for COVID-19, we understand that the world is naturally going to be in fear because part of the sin nature is being enslaved to the fear of death. But as a born-again believer who hasn't been given the spirit of the world, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it is, I have been delivered ...from the bondage of the fear of death. So when there's a crisis like COVID-19... ...you should have a group of people that fears dying... ...and you should have a group of people who realize... ...I'm never going to die. Because the life of God is living on the inside of me. When COVID-19 hits... There should be a group of people that are running and hiding and losing their mind and shutting down in 2020. And then there should be a people of the Spirit who recognize that the increase of darkness in a nation is actually a prophetic sign to the church. Now is the time to arise and shine. So during COVID-19, the Bride of Christ emerges with the hope of the gospel. We minister reconciliation to a dying in a lost world. Just trying to talk you into what you got at conversion. I believe many Christians live mediocre Christianity because they keep asking God to give them what he's already given them. How are we doing? Peter, he references believers as strangers and foreigners and aliens. I've been bought with a price. I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. I want to try to give us permission tonight to a people who made the world their home, who made sin their living, who served the devil well. Why not become a radical, blood-bought Tongue talking, demon casting out. Why not soar? Why not roar? Why not become all that God has destined you to be? Why not get radical about the word of God? Why not not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Why not lift up your voice in a world full of confusion? I see her. I see a glorious, radiant, spotless bride that's making herself ready. Come out from among Babylon. Become the bride. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, verse 12, but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Have you ever tried to tell your unbelieving family about tithing? You give what? By the way, the devil would never tell you to give your money to church. How much time are we wasting? Trying to explain things to people who will never understand. Trying to win the approval. Trying to win the applause. Taking surveys. Planning churches with interest meetings. What in the world is that? Is that like the Lord calls you to plan a church but you're going to have an interest meeting to see how many people are into it. And based on the how many people are into your church plant, you're going to decide to obey God or not. What has happened to God spoke to me, nothing is going to get in my way, regardless of the opinions of people, I'm going to follow God. Like, where is that kind of faith in the church where God speaks and we obey? How we doing? I'm not telling you not to get counsel. I'm not telling you to not share it. But are you sharing your dreams? Are you sharing your thoughts with people of the Spirit? Or are you seeking counsel from the Spirit of the world? Folks, I'm telling you, the American church begin to walk down a very dark road when we begin to consult with marketing techniques. When we begin to consult worldly strategies concerning the house of God, we begin to build houses that God cannot bless because He never formed them. Where are you getting your information from? Where are you getting your intel from? Am I consulting godly men and women? Am I consulting godly sources? Or am I more concerned about a worldly outlet has to say than what the Spirit of God has to say? I can just testify in my own life when I actually go back to God and ask Him what He thinks. His opinion is usually very different than mine. How can we grow in discernment? Does anyone want to grow in discernment? Let me give you three points. I believe that God wants to release an Issachar anointing in this place. I believe God wants to raise up an end time bride that walks in godly discernment, not worldly wisdom. I believe God wants to raise up prophets and watchmen That have the word of the Lord not are echoing what Fox and CNN have to say. I want God to raise up his voice that thunders, that shakes culture. I want to see a generation respond to the true word of the Lord. How do we grow in discernment? Number one, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. I'm pretty sure Paul summed up what's manifesting in our culture bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. Put it away from you. Have you ever been offended? Have you ever walked through a fence in a healthy way? Where you learn how to embrace conflict? Frustration begins to arise inside of us when we have goals and expectations that aren't being met. If we don't communicate are frustrations to people, you're going to move to anger. And if you don't work out your anger in a healthy way, you're going to go to rage. All rage, which ultimately leads to murder, started at frustration. There were expectations, there were goals, there were disappointments. I'm trying to save somebody's marriage. That needs to be communicated and put on the table. Stop it at frustration. Just deal with it right there. If you don't, don't, don't just, you know, oh, it's under the blood. No, for a lot of people, it's under the rug. It's not under the blood, it's under the rug. You really actually haven't worked it out and dealt with it. But there's so much anger. There's so much unforgiveness. There's so much slander on social media and what we've been through. If those things are rolling around on the inside of us, and are our experience, there's no way you can discern what's of God and what's not. How many of you have recognized, I call it, when you get hit between the armor? How many of you know you can sustain at times a certain measure of warfare... But you know when someone says something, you know when something happens in your life, you get hit between the armor and you know you're wounded. And the thing about offense, the thing about wounding is it colors your eyesight. Trying to help somebody. And it begins to color your eyesight. And you begin to buy into a narrative that everyone is against you. That all whites and blacks are racist. That all you begin to generalize out of your own hurt and your own pain. The unf- it begins to seethe and you begin to be an agent Of Satan. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. But he's looking for monthly partnerships. And you know who some of his best customers are? Christians. And when we partner... With the accuser of the brethren, Satan, he he doesn't just want us as an as a he doesn't just want a, a, a peace treaty. He wants us as an ally. It's not enough to depress you. He wants to use you to make someone else's life miserable. If He can get you where He wants you, He can begin to influence you to ruin the lives of people around you. God wants to release an anointing to discern the true and the false, what's of God and not of God. But if there's unforgiveness and there's bitterness... ...and there's slander... ...unless we repent of those things... ...and break ties... ...unless we ask God to wash us... ...and cleanse us... ...and forgive us... ...unless we get new contacts... ...unless we get new goggles... ...and have you ever walked through this process... ...and you're literally almost free? But then it's like a fatal attraction... Have you ever noticed that people that are bleeding, and what I mean by that is they're offended, they just attract other offended people? And someone that just won't give up the bitterness, they won't give up, they're a victim, they won't give up, around them just begins to swim like sharks around blood, one, and then ten, and then twenty, and a thousand, and then we have entire movements like the KKK. Now we have all these different movements and all these different parties, and the common denominator among them is they all quench the Holy Spirit. So what would happen the next time we were in a charismatic Pentecostal church and we said, God, pour out your spirit, and that had nothing to do with falling down, or in many cases, your push down. It had nothing to do with miracles or prophecy. When we said, God, pour out your spirit, that means he's coming to deliver you of your offense. He's coming to knock on the door of your heart saying, there's no deliverance unless you forgive your mom and dad. There's no deliverance unless you forgive your brother or sister who wronged you. We live in one of the most offended cultures that's ever lived. Like people are offended about things that have absolutely nothing to do with them. And they are totally misinformed. They don't know anything about the facts. But because they feel something, they run to the battle. When true discernment begins to operate in your life... The sons of Issachar were anointed. They understood the signs of the times and knew what they must do. When we begin to break ties with offense, and we begin to, excuse me, get the Spirit of God down on the inside of us, he begins to give us divine strategies. Is anyone interested in trying to bring racial reconciliation to America? That's it. But who's got some ideas? And the question is not who's got ideas. Are those ideas born from the Spirit? Folks, I'm trying, only divine strategy. Humanism will only help to prop up issues. Politicians can never save spiritual matters. There's a crisis in America. There's a sin issue that cannot be healed by Democrat-Republican. It can only happen through repentance. Repenting from our wicked ways and then he will heal our land. How many of you would like to see Roe v. Wade overturned in America? But what if it's more than another conservative justice? What if that's not really going to prevent people from continuing to have abortions? What if there was a more practical? What if there were greater divine strategies that God wanted to release in cities and states? I'm just simply telling you that if we would not quench the Holy Spirit... If we would refuse to live offended, I believe there could be movements if if we chose love. Number two, how do we grow in discernment? Are you tracking with me tonight? God is sending out an end time bride into battle. We're going to walk with true discernment by number one, not quenching the Holy Spirit, and number two, washing ourselves with the Word of God. We're going to wash ourselves with the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active, it's sharper than any two-double-edged sword, piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrows, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We do not live above the Word. We live underneath the Word if you are seeing some of these statistics that are coming out from Barna in 2020, they're saying literally more than 60% of Christians or folks who claim to be Christians in America believe that there are many ways to heaven. More than 60% Of American Christians do not believe that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, period. We are witnessing an erosion of the word of God in favor for fog machines and donuts. We think that entertaining people and catering to their flesh and making them so comfortable that now God is uncomfortable, we have begun in many places in the church to begin to exalt the flesh rather than humble ourselves and just preach the word. I remember being a freshman at Southeastern University, and it was St. Patrick's Day. And I was reading this passage of Scripture, Hebrews 4 12. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two double edged sword. And the Lord gave me a, f- a vision of Lake Hollingsworth here in the city. He said, I want you to go to Lake Hollingsworth and bring your Bible. I walked out there and it was an eerie night where there was really no one around. I sat on a dock. And I had sat down for about 30 seconds. And all of a sudden a woman out of nowhere sat down right next to me. Her eyes were rolled back in her head. And before I could even think of what to say or even introduce myself, I said, for the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any two double-edged sword. She began to vomit some black kind of goo. I found myself on a dock holding a stranger's hair up while she vomited into a lake and found deliverance that night and made Jesus Christ her lord and savior there there was no evangelism pitch It was the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any two double-edged sword. What would happen when a people, a remnant, not of the world but of the spirit, what if we just begin to take God for his word? What if we refused any other methodology, any other techniques, any other drive-through paradigm? Brother, church has to be an hour. I have ADD. Well, that is interesting because you can watch a movie for three hours and not blink. I don't think it's ADD. I think it's idolatry. I D O L A T R Y. Idolatry. We have made so many excuses. The gathering of believers is for called out ones. We have been called out of darkness. We have been called to assemble underneath the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. And I want to give myself, I want to call you tonight, as we enter into battle, as there is a spiritual war raging in this nation, the textbook that we are to take into the battle is called the Word of God. I want, you to, I want to challenge you to make a commitment tonight. I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas in your life Where you trust your feelings. Where you trust the media more than you trust the word of God. God is going to raise up messengers in this nation who are drunk on the knowledge of God. They are going to preach about the blood that washes us. There is a blood that heals racism. There is a blood that's stronger than the shedding of innocent blood. There is the cross that bids us to come and die and unite around His power and His resurrection. Come on, somebody give Jesus a shout tonight. Lord, we love your word. Can you just take 30 seconds? Lord, we love your word. Come on, get out of the charismatic. I can't hear God's voice. He wrote the Bible. He speaks to me every day. It's called the Bible. It's powerful. All right, 30 more seconds. I can't hear you. It's not doing anything for me. Lord, we love, we honor your word. I submit my life, my actions, my mouth to your word. I give you permission to come and reveal to me the error of my ways. Lord, let your word go forth in power in America. Lord, raise up Josiahs. Lord, touch preachers and pastors in this nation. Deliver them from sermons.com. Lord, no more echoes. God, raise up voices. Lord, let fire fall upon your word in this nation. Come on, we need it all. Genesis to Revelation. This isn't some highlighter God. I don't highlight passages of Scripture in the Bible that make me feel good and then cut out those who offend me. I want the full counsel of God's Word. I want the God of Genesis. I want the God of Revelation. I want the King. I want the Intercessor. I want the Judge. I want the Grace. I want the Truth. I want the love I want the judgment I'll have all of God I don't want to produce Jesus I want to introduce Jesus he doesn't need any more makeup he doesn't need a PR job will the real Jesus stand up in the American church Stop trying to hide him from your friends. He can take care of himself. For the lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring in this nation. And he is looking for a church with a backbone. Not a bunch of cowards who haven't really been saved. It's time to get born again tonight. It's time to get delivered of your opinions. Let's come back to the Lord with all our heart and all our mind. Come on, somebody give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, let's lift up our voice for Jesus. There's only one hope for America. His name is Jesus. I feel like we should just start chanting Jesus. on the real cry of revival is God what we're doing isn't working when is the American church going to confess our programs are not working our prayerlessness is not working our behavior modification is not working we need true conversion we need inward transformation we need the fire of the holy ghost we need an apostolic witness in the church We need power evangelism. We need the gospel to go forth on every continent. There has to be more. Did you really get saved for this miserable Christianity? Just as addicted now as you were when you got saved. There's more. But we're so used to voices that stroke us, not provoke us. We're so used to pillow prophets who feed us sugar. We need vegetables we need the meat of God's word. It's time for an upgrade. Leave McDonald's. Come to Outback Steakhouse or Longhorn or whatever. Get out of franchise Christianity. Stop the fast food living. No more Veggie Tails. Stop. Stop waiting for the virus to lift so you can go back to your old life. Come on, it's time for an awakening. It's time for a revival. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, it's louder than this at a football game. Come on, saints. You were born for such a time as this. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm not apologizing. I'm not apologizing for being a nutcase, for being a Jesus freak. There's no way. You don't know where I came from. Come on, they can make fun of your dance, but they didn't see your deliverance. They can make fun of your worship, but they didn't see where God brought you out of. I'm telling you, God wants to release joy in the house tonight, restoring the joy of your salvation. Come on, just give Him praise. He's wonderful. He's beautiful. He's glorious. There's no one like our God. (laughs) We love You, Lord. Aren't You grateful? Aren't You thankful? Don't let religion make you crusty. And make you dry and stale and cranky. Come on, it's okay to be asked, What are you on? I praise God for our brothers and sisters in California. They're going to shut down the power to the building, Gavin Newsom. They're going to shut down the power to churches. Well, guess what? You can't shut down Holy Ghost power. Come on, you can cut the electricity, but you can't silence the Word of God. It's eternal. It's written upon my heart. You can lock me up, but you can't steal my voice bring it on come on god is looking for a remnant who's going to say to the spirit of the world bring it i've read the book of revelation we win come on i already heard the words of jesus i will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it come on one more time let's give god a shout of praise Hallelujah. (laughs) Come on, no more kitty cats. He's looking for some lions and lionesses. No more kitty cat religion. No more being domesticated. God's called you to be a wild one, a loud one for his kingdom. Some of you literally would have gone and knocked out someone at the bar. And you've been rotting on the back of a pew for years. There was no one in a bar with you being drunk that you wouldn't take on. What about getting drunk in the Holy Ghost and becoming a demon buster? Come on, living to destroy the works of the devil. I wish Jars of Clay was here. Play Jesus Freak. Remember that song? DC talk. Fail. Sorry. I feel that the Spirit of God is here tonight. The battle's already started, folks. There, there's a war for this nation. You can choose to sit idly by. You can choose to just go through the motions and live miserable and save up all your money and just try to do what you can, but I'm telling you, Jesus Christ died for more. The same resurrection power that raised Him from the dead is literally living on the inside of you. He has seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're more than overcomers. I'm a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He that began a good work in me will be sure to complete it. I believe that a youth revival is coming to this nation. We just have to start preaching the word of God. Signs and wonders will confirm the preaching of God's word. Amen. Amen. So if we're not seeing miracles, maybe we're not preaching this. I don't want to say an oath, but folks, I just I deeply feel in this moment, we need a full radical commitment and surrender to Jesus. I believe you walked in these doors tonight because Jesus Christ wants all of you. Doesn't want 10 percent or 99 percent. He literally wants to swallow you up in his love. His grace wants to come and empower you out of your sin and out of your depression and out of your despair. His miracle working power wants to free you in your body from whatever strongholds have come to keep you down. Would you bow your heads with me? For the Lord would say to many tonight, even as Peter was in the boat, and he took a step out focused on me, and then he began to sink because he lost focus. The Lord would say that there are many here tonight that on your journey to follow the Lord You have lost focus. And you find yourself tonight sinking in some way. Sinking in discouragement. Sinking in despair. Sinking in not really knowing what the future holds. And God would say to a people tonight, My hand is extended to you tonight. There's a divine window of time that I am releasing even now. To pull you up out of any pit, out of any despair, out of any discouragement that you find yourself in. Just look at me. If you know that's you tonight, if you need the hand of God just to reach down in your life. And bring revival, bring awakening, bring repentance, bring reformation. If you need the hand of God tonight, I just want you to raise your hands. This is something no man can do. You need God, His hand to touch you. I want you in your own words to just say, God, help me. His power is attracted to weak confessions. Not half-hearted religion. the hand of God is reaching out now come on God I'm not a good leader you are I'm not a good driver you are come on just give him the steering wheel Confess your own ability. He loves it. We need you, God. We need you in this nation. Just 30 more seconds. Would you ask God for help for this nation? Would you ask God to intervene in the American church? Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. God, what we're doing isn't working. Please come. Come on, there's more. Just on the other side of this. When He takes your hand, everything changes. When you grab His hand, everything changes. Something's changing tonight. Something's shifting tonight. You're not going to leave here the same way you walked in. Come on, like the woman with the issue of blood, just reach out and grab him tonight. She pushed her way through the crowd. Push your way through your friends and your family and just grab a hold of the hem of his garment. An army is rising. A bride is emerging. She's making herself ready. She's partnering with the Holy Spirit. She's humbling herself. I, I want you to stand with me. I want to sing an old hymn as we go tonight. It's called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And rather than feeling the emotions and the nostalgia, I want you just in your own way to make that commitment. If you're here tonight and you know you're away from the Lord, you're going through the motions. want to tell you tonight's your night. I want to encourage you if you've been in church for a long time and you sense that something is shifting. Tonight's your night. Come down to the altar if you want. You can stand in your feet. But would you just lift up your hands to the Lord. And as Jess leads us... Let's give God permission to come and have His way in our lives like never before. Thank you for coming. God bless you on your journey.
1: Grab our neighbor's hand. You could give it a clap to the Lord if you want. We thank you, Father. Just take a minute, pray for your neighbor. Lord, we just ask God that you would increase our love for your word. Lord, let us be doers of your word. Tonight, God, we ask we would not just be hearers we would become doers, Lord. You'd increase our hunger for your word. How can a young man keep his ways pure, but according to your word? How are we revived, but according to your word? Father, we ask for discernment according to the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you, Father, that Holy Spirit, you don't make us critical and disconnected and unloving. Just baptize us in your heart, Jesus, that we would be lovers of you and we would love one another well. We would serve well. We would represent you well. Let us leave out of here tonight, Jesus, and let us have an opportunity to be you in the culture. We love you tonight. We thank you. Thank you for tonight, what you've done, and what you're going to continue to do. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give a praise to the Lord. We thank you, Lord. Father, yes. We bless you, Lord. Amen. We bless you. Good night. Thank you for coming.